the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Prayer is the true secret of a victorious Christian life because it takes us into the presence of God. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Today we're picking up our study in John 16 in a message titled, What's This? Part 2. When I was in the fifth grade, it seemed like I was going to be there forever. Like, I mean, I'm going to be in the fifth grade for like 35 years. It felt like it. I mean, I'm never going to get out of elementary school. Then you get into junior high, and that's only two years, seventh and eighth grade. Then you're in high school. Then you kind of blow through that. Then all of a sudden, you get into life, and you start working. You start building a career, and, and decades are flying by. Decades, decades, decades. Wow, you know, you know, my wife's popping out. Baby's like Octomom. You know, all these things are happening. You know, it's like, and so everything just starts flying by. This is why no one can take our joy away, though, because the Lord has been the steady in my life all of that time. At 18 years old, a mixed-up kid, my parents divorced at 16. I was on my own for two years, and to be able to have this stability in my life, finally, it just took everything away. Because no one can ever take away my hope now. Again, because my hope is in heaven. Yes, his joy, his joy is a promised gift to all of us. It's a gift that we are to pass along to all that we come in contact with. This is why it's so important for us to take advantage of these Christmas Eve services that we have because there is a ton of people in L.A. here that are looking for some kind of joy. They're looking for something. They're looking for just some kind of meaning to something because everything is so messed up. Just division. It's just, there's hate. There's just, everyone's not happy. We're not happy here. We got one of the best economies on the planet right now. In fact, I think we do have the best economy of any nation on the planet right now. And people are unhappy. There's all kinds of money flowing right now. People are spending money. They're buying new stuff. We're still not happy. Why? Because that. You don't have that inner joy. And only Christ can give the inner joy. Yet for many Christians, they're sleeping when we should be praying. We should be alive and taking advantage of this opportunity. Inviting people out. Who knows? They might come to know Christ like we know Christ. You know, we should be, you know, instead of doing all the talking, we should be listening to people and find out what's going on in their lives. We should be consumed, you know, with other people instead of being consumed with ourselves. We should be sharing with others during this time. There I was in the middle of Times Square the last time we were there in New York and this kid named Stacy comes up to me, wants to give me, sell me his rap CD. You know, hey man, I'm going to make you a good deal on my rap CD. And I'm like, hey man, I'm not really into rap music personally. You know, I'm kind of a, more of a rocker, but whatever. I just, you know, and, uh, you know, and he's just like, yeah, but man, you know, this is, I go, look, I'm a pastor of church. I, you know, I, he goes, I'll just give it to you. I go, no, I, I don't want it. I'm not going to listen to it. You know, and he goes, well, you can sell them at your church. I go, I'm not going to sell your rap CD by 
church. But, but I did say this. I said, but let me tell you how much God loves you and how much he cares about you. And so it started off this really weird conversation with two people coming from two different ends of the whole spectrum of life. And all of a sudden, this kid, he's probably not more than 19, 20 years old. This kid is just, I, oh, he starts listening to me. Then he's got his two buddies going, hey, man, come on, man, let's go. Then they start listening. So now here we are in Times Square in New York. Okay, now this is in the summertime. There's like a gazillion people walking by. I mean, it's just, I mean, tons of people. And it's like, so I'm talking and I'm talking. So after about 20 minutes, his two buddies bugged out. But after about 45 minutes of talking to this Stacy kid, man, he was just listening. He started listening to everything. He started asking questions. And I just, you know, after, you know, completely sharing the gospel message with him, I said, you know, Stacy, right here, man, you could pray and ask Jesus Christ into your heart as your Savior. He goes, man, I would love to do that, man. I need some kind of inner peace inside. And he prayed right there, right in Times Square. It was awesome. And I'm just like, wow, you know. You know, people have asked me, do you think when people pray like that on the street, they really mean it? It's like, oh. What do you think? I mean, here you got this kid coming from a whole different culture than me, and he's standing there on a street corner with thousands of people walking by in Times Square. He's going to pray out loud, and he doesn't mean it? Like, of course he meant it. You know, it's like, praise Jesus. People are looking for something to dig their hands into, to dig their heart into, to dig their minds into. See, Jesus understood that the crucifixion would drive the disciples to the depths of despair. They wouldn't understand, oh no, our hope was in Jesus. No, he's dead up on the cross. Their lives would be turned upside down. Yet, as always, Jesus also knew In the end, he would rise again from the dead. He knew that these disciples, this group of misfits that he raised up from just the ways of life, would go out with his power and they would change the course and direction of their world. And in the same way, we again are his present day disciples. We should be doing the same thing. Remember, a disciple is just simply a follower of the Lord. If you're a follower of the Lord, then you are his disciple. And we are living in the most exciting time of all humanity. We are living in the last days. We are living in a time of just unprecedented darkness. Yet, it's also a time when the Holy Spirit of God is moving in us to lead us, guide us, and direct us. Yes, in the end, our lives will all have told a story. I wonder where you are in your story because your life will have a story in the end. Where are you at in that story? Maybe you're in, in suspense. Maybe all of your hope and joy of this season has seemed to just pass you by. Maybe life hasn't been too good to some of you here today. Maybe the storms of hardship have descended upon you. Maybe you're sinking in the quicksand of your own circumstances and and deliverance seems to be fleeing. And there's no rescue that you see going out for you with no sign of anything happening. And the feeling of loneliness and the feeling of insecurity is a little overwhelming to you possibly here today. Well, if that describes the turmoil that's residing in anyone's heart here today, I just want to reassure you right now that God loves you and he will see you through the valley of the shadow of death. And please take comfort in the fact that we walk by faith as believers and not by sight. 
We walk by faith and not by sight. Listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. He says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. It's when we do those things. I love that verse. It's in Romans chapter 10, verse 11. Because he says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. If you believe in Christ, in the end, you will not be disappointed. You might say, well, I, I take issue with that, Pastor, because I'm disappointed right now. You know, it's like I'm disappointed with everything the way it's working out. I don't like me. I don't like my situation. I don't like anything. I'm disappointed. Well, hold on. He says, whoever believes in him, when you put your faith and your trust in Christ, you will not be disappointed in the end. Because somehow, some way, God will work things in your life. That's his promise to us who believe. But we have to believe. And maybe it's not happening right at this moment, but it can happen in your life. Which brings up our final point, a promise to grasp. Let's read what he says here, picking up in John chapter 16. We'll read in verse 23. He says, now, in that day, you will not question me about anything. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy be made full. He says, now, you can ask and you can receive. Why? So your joy may be made full. Wow. We can ask and God can deliver. What a promise for you and me to grasp onto. If we ask the Father anything in Jesus' name, he will give it to us. Now notice, this is all based on prayer. For we have access now to God through prayer. Prayer is just a code word where we can go and talk to God. Yes, prayer is the true secret of a victorious Christian life. Why? Because it takes us into the presence of God. It doesn't matter where we are. We can be walking to work. We can be driving to work. We can be sitting on a bus. We can be at home. We can be by our bedside. You know, we can be on the way out to our car. You know, we can be at work. We can take a break. We can go to the bathroom. It doesn't matter. God, we have access to him wherever we go. We're told in Romans 8.34 that Jesus now makes intercession for us in heaven. He is interceding for us. So we have access now to the Father through Jesus, every one of us. We're told in 1 John 2.1 that Jesus is our advocate. Again, that's the same word that was used that we looked at last week for comforter, for helper. It's, a, it's from the Greek word parakletos. It's one that's called alongside to walk with us by the holding of the hand. That's the intimacy that God wants with us. As we pray and confess our sins to him, Jesus now promises to forgive us of our sins, to restore us to him. We're told in Hebrews 4.16, he says, Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in a time of need. So he tells us there in Hebrews that we can come to the throne of God now boldly or confidently. 
So you don't have to like, oh God, is it just kind of slithering in the scum of the earth, Lord? Oh God, have mercy on me. It's like, we can come in like, Daddy, Father, Papa. You know, when our kids are little, you know, sometimes when they're just totally busted, you know, because they'll, they'll lie. You notice that you never have to teach your kids to lie. They just do it all on their own. Okay. It's like, no, I didn't do it. I didn't take my cup of chocolate milk and drench my sister with it. No, while you're still holding the cup and the, you know, the milk is dripping off, you know. Oh, no, I didn't do it, you know. And it's like, but when our kids are little, many times they would just like, when they're just totally busted, no, you did it. I just saw you. It's like, daddy. And they would just come and rub and just, you know, put their head between your knees and just grab you. And, you know, and that's the picture that God wants us to have. We can come to him when we've messed up, when we've, when we've done wrong and we can just throw our arms around him. Oh, daddy, forgive me. And he forgives us. Yes, because we believe the promises of God. And because we believe them by faith, now we can ask with full assurance of receiving his forgiveness. That's why we need to approach God with prayers of conviction, not prayers of just consumption. See, this is where it's been, you know, this whole ask Jesus for anything and he'll answer for you. And that's where all the positive faith teachers come in. And that's why they have all of your money. And that's why they're driving Rolls Royces and living in big houses because they somehow conned you into giving them a ton of money. Oh, plant your seeds of faith and, you know, all of this. No, you're planting seeds into their pocketbook. Okay. So that's a whole different thing. So God never said to you, oh yeah, well come to me and, you know, oh Lord, I just, you know, wish, you know, pray that you could give me this, uh, you know, Bentley SUV. It's so cool. You know, it's like, it's just so awesome. Okay. Well, if you can't give me that, I'll do the Lamborghini. That's like a hundred grand cheaper than that. You know, whatever. It's like God never said to come like he's your vending machine in heaven and ask all of these things, you know, prayers that we seek you know, for his will on earth should not just be prayers for our own wills. It should not just be like, oh, just fatten me up. But that doesn't mean that we cannot pray for something that we desire. It just means that every prayer should end with Lord, not my will, but your will be done. That's how every prayer should end. But, you know, speaking of this, it was so wonderful because a a wonderful saint that goes to our church, she's been here since almost day one, I think maybe even since day one. But she came up in the share with me. She was just praying in her devotion time, you know, Lord, uh, you know, because she's getting older and she's, you know, getting close to retirement. And she's like, Lord, I I just, I don't want to be a burden to my children. And Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do when I retire. I can't afford my home and, you know, all of these things. And so she was just praying like, Lord, if it's your will, if you could just, you know, pay off my home so that I'm not a burden to my children when I retire this year or next year. And, uh, and so she gets, uh, she was talking on the phone with a, a friend of hers that she knew since elementary school. Uh, her girlfriend had passed away, but she keeps in contact with her husband. And uh, she was calling him like on a weekly basis just to make sure he's doing okay. He's, you know, getting very elderly himself. And he had shared with her, uh, you know, the Lord has put it on my heart. I'm going to pay your home off. And he had sent her a check and paid her house off. Just like she had prayed. So it's not like you can never pray for something, but there's a whole difference between, Lord, 
I don't want to be a burden to my children as I retire, but yet, Lord, I still need to live, okay? And I can't afford my home. There's a whole difference between that prayer and, Lord, I want the house in Beverly Hills, Bel Air. I want to be, you know, it's like, you know, and just to, to have more. See, think about it when, you know, when you really think about it. If God gave each and every one of you $10 million, you won the lottery, man. You went big. Woohoo. La Vida Loca. Waha. Okay. You won it. If every one of you got that $10 million check today, how many would be in church next week? Sorry, Pastor. I'm down in, you know, Florence, Italy. And, you know, I'm, I'm a little busy, you know. I'm picking up my new Bentley, you know. It's like I'm driving it, you know. It's like, hey, didn't have time to come by. See, God knows that sometimes if we got what we asked for, we would no longer be walking with him. And he knows that. So let me just, a little tidbit here. This is kind of off the beaten path, but I just want to throw it out there. When we have finances, we are stewards of what God has given to us. All the wealth is his, all the gold and silver is his. I mean, you know, we just come in and we manipulate things and whatever. But, you know, if we have the ability of working, God's given us the ability of work. You have intellect that helps make you money, then, you know, God's given you that intellect. You didn't just have it on your own like, Jesus, uh, I'm a vending machine. I'm just going to plug in. I want to be smart. I want to do this. I want to, you know, it's like God has put us where we are. When you're a good steward of God's money with a little, God will give you more. But if you're not a good steward of God's money that he gives you, if you're totally in debt, you're ringing up your credit cards, you're always a mess, and you're not a steward of God's money, he's not going to give you more because you've already proven not to be faithful with what he's given you. But when you're faithful steward of his money, then he will give you more and more and more. So as you go into the new year, think about that. Am I a good steward of what God has given me? Because when you're faithful with a little, God can trust you with more. Just a little tidbit. I'm throwing it out there for you. But know this, God wants to answer our prayers. It was George Mueller that said this quote, true prayer was not overcoming God's reluctance, but overcoming God's willingness. He wants to bless us. God is not reluctant on blessing us because of him. It's because he's re- his only reluctance is, can he trust you with what he gives you? Yes, God so desires to work in and through our lives for his glory. And that's why in Jeremiah 29, 12, not 29, 11, where I'm going to give you a future and a hope and all of that, God promises to listen to our voices. He goes, if you pray to me, I will listen to you. Why again? Because he loves you. Because God cares about you. Think about this. The creator of the universe, of everything seen and unseen, will listen to you if you come to him in genuineness. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter if your IQ is way up here or if your IQ is down here. Doesn't matter. Rich or poor. Pretty or not so pretty. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who you are, where you came from. Doesn't matter where you're at in life. If you come with a sincere heart, God has promised to listen to you. Again, because he loves you. And in verse 24, he promises that our joy may be made full. That word joy in the original language means an outward expression of gladness, of great happiness. That's the joy that God gives. It's an outward expression. 
expression of gladness and happiness. It's not a feeling that we somehow muster up on our own. It's not based on feeling uh, or a mood that comes from any circumstance, uh, circumstance, meaning there's no monetary strings attached. If you just won a lottery, it's like, I'm so happy and joyful. What? I just won $10 million. Well, I'd be happy too, but that's a fleeting joy. The joy that God gives us is like, you didn't win the lottery. You have all kinds of problems going on in your life. Some of your kids are walking away from the Lord. All of this stuff, but yet you have a joy inside. See, that's the joy. You have a gladness inside in spite of everything around you. That's the joy that God gives us. Know this, God's joy is solely based on an inner peace that only he gives. And it comes in the midst of any circumstances of your life, whether they're good or they're bad. If you're that person I mentioned earlier, and you're in the midst of circumstances that are turning your life upside down, even as we speak now, don't think it's because God doesn't love you, because that couldn't be farther from the truth. The fact is, we live in a fallen world that's turned its back on God, do we not? For the most part, we live in this godless society. America is a godless society now. We have chosen to govern ourselves without the help of God. We have completely, 100% excommunicated God from our government, without question. I mean, we can't say anything about the Lord, God, anything. We can't use Jesus' name. We can't have a cross on, on, on war memorials now. We can't have any kind of scripture on anything. It's just crazy what we've done now. Even though when you go to Washington, D.C., the word of God is marked all kinds of They're going to have to level all the buildings in there. They're going to have to level the Supreme Court. They're going to have to level the Lincoln Memorial. They're going to have to level, you know, uh, the Jefferson Memorial because God is written on all of those buildings. But anyway, we've excommunicated. Uh, excommunicated God from our government and our schools. You can't pray in school, can't, can't read the word of God in school. You can't do anything. We have recalibrated now what morality is. Morality in the United States used to be based on what the Bible says. Not anymore. No longer do we call sin, sin. Now modern man gravitates to doing what's right in his own eyes with no regard to what God has said is right and wrong. In fact, the Bible now is talked by many groups now as a hate book because it goes against certain lifestyles that people want to live in. Yes, people will do as they please. We can tell ourselves it's all fine, but here's the problem. You cannot escape your own conscience. And though we can medicate our feelings, by medicating our feelings, I'm talking about there's a liquor store in LA every other block, right? There's cannabis stores, you know, all for healthy use, of course, you know, <laughs> We're pers- prescriptions, you know, where there's one just right catty corner right here. So, I mean, it's like you can buy pot now, you can bong, you can, you know, get high, you can buy all this alcohol. Why do people all need this? Because they don't have the joy that God promises. They want a joy that they come from themselves. So they, they have to take themselves out of reality they have to put themselves in a high so they're out of their reality of problems and, and then that's where they want to live. And it's like, but the only problem with that is you have to keep getting higher and higher and higher until it finally kills you. I was looking at this list of how many celebrities and 
such have died this last year. I was just surprised at how many young people were in there. And yeah, there's all the old actresses and things and actors from the old days. And this guy was 90 and this one, this guy was 95 and all of this. But oh, there were so many young people that died from suicide and drug abuse and, you know, liver failure and all of these things. We cannot deny the guilt that resides in our own hearts. This is all because man has rejected God. That's why the world is getting so scary. And it's getting crazy. But Jesus had this to say to us at the end of chapter 16. Look at the last verse. Verse 33 says, These things, Jesus speaking, I have spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Man, don't ever forget that. Highlight that verse. The title of this message is, What is this? First, Jesus was saying, in a little while, you will not see me. Then he said, then you'll see me again. But now in verse 33, we're told that in this world, it's going to be filled with tribulation. That word tribulation means oppression. It's not a nice word. It means oppression. It means affliction. It means trouble. He says, this world is going to be filled with oppression, affliction, and trouble. I think we could agree with that. I mean, but look at the world now. It's the thought of being severely pressed by the world. Maybe that's how someone might feel today as we end here. Maybe you feel severely pressed like every ounce of life is being squeezed out of you. Well, if that's the case, then you need God's peace. That's all the time we have for today's message. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Poor Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, Download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA one word that's Core Church LA to 77977. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.